The Evolution of Systemic Racism. Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pushback. I have said repeatedly in the past that I am not going to move past this issue of racism and and racial tension in our country, because I believe it's just a cultural issue uh, that's at the forefront of uh, what's happening in our nation right now. And today I'm going to talk about a topic in regards to racism and the things that we've been discussing, Uh, but it's really two of my uh, most important topics sort of colliding today as I talk about science and evolution and the impact that it clearly has on our society, our young people, and what's being taught in our schools today. Uh, I'm going to have to hit the ground running because I have a lot to cover here today. But before I do that, I just want to dedicate this podcast to my mother-in-law, Wilma Rich. Uh, She has been uh, a biology teacher for decades and uh, now retired, of course, but uh, she has dedicated her life to teaching children the truth about science, about who we are, about our identity. And I just want to honor her as a mother and as a scientist and as a teacher. And uh, the the decades of, of service that she has been given has, has given uh, to this cause uh, for truth. And so I honor you, Mom, and uh, this is dedicated to you. So I did a podcast called Evolution of Really Bad Science in Season 1. And if you haven't listened to that, I want you to tune into that or listen to it before or right after uh, this message because I believe it's so important. But here's the summary of the evolution of really bad science. The summary is that I believe that people in the kingdom, Christians, uh, in churches, uh, believe that there is a scientific burden that science somehow has proven evolution and that there is a scientific burden that needs to be overcome. I believe many pastors fall into this category uh, simply because they hear the word science and their brains turn off and they don't pursue it or research it. And uh, they simply stop talking about it, simply stop learning about it, and simply stop defending the Bible. And this burdens me and this saddens me. And they bowed a knee to science And really, my heart over the next, however long the Lord has me do this podcast, I want to continue to come back to the fact that there is no burden. It's bad science. It doesn't hold up to even basic scientific scrutiny. And that's why after decades of evolution being taught in our school, we're still talking about this because it's bad science. And there is no burden. The Bible can be believed at face value and science actually backs it up. I would even argue more superiorly, more effectively than anything that science has actually brought out. And and, and the world tries to separate God and science as if they're different. 
my friends, God invented science. Science is, science is the discovery of God and the things that he has created. And it blows your mind how creative and wonderful and perfect he is. I did a, a podcast called The Colorblind Test and, and brought up this issue of racism. And, and I gave a story of the health equity committee that I'm serving on at our hospital. And I, I, I wrote a response about some, I guess, racist verbiage that was in a letter that was going to be written to the governor about the rollout of the vaccine. And one of my colleagues responded to it so beautifully. And I just want to say on an aside note that honor works. Um, I presented it in a realm of honor. And she responded in such an honoring way. And it actually has opened up a conversation, which I'm so excited about, because I believe that we can get to some core issues when we work together. I don't even know if politically or personally we agree on these things, um, but that doesn't matter because really I think we're both in the pursuit of truth and what's, what's good for people. And I, I just want to read a paragraph of what she responded. I will always defend my colleagues, and, and this isn't something that I've gotten permission to share, so I will never say share a name or, or who this is from, but let me just read this. Uh, in response to my response, structural, structural racism, in quotes, which is specifically not personal prejudice or racially biased beliefs or actions. Instead, it is the concept that systems... And she says, education, healthcare, housing, criminal justice, financial institutions fund fundamentally favor white people because of the legacy of slavery and anti-black racism in our country. We can't change that history, but we can acknowledge the ways that inform our current reality and take specific actions to address ongoing harms. Very well written. And I believe in my deep down in my heart that I'm going to learn a lot from my colleague. And I want to sit in that place where I do learn and receive from that wisdom. There's, there's truth there. And we need to lean into it and not just blow it aside. So systemic racism refers to systems in place that create and maintain racial inequality. Um, and, and I believe that that is present. And she actually cited education as one of those systems. Well, I'm going to agree with her almost 100% because I believe that there is uh, access issues and, and, and geographical issues and certainly even maybe color of skin issues connected to access to education. But I believe, and the point of this podcast is that there is something deeper. There's something more insidious and there's something more sinister at play in our public schools and colleges right now. The word insidious means proceeding in a gradual, subtle way, but with harmful effects. <laughs> it's the perfect word for what I believe is happening and being taught in our schools today. I'm going to refer to Darwinian evolution and the author of such theory. And I use the word theory of evolution Um uh, very gratuitously, I, I believe that theory is even too big of a word. It's more of a philosophy. And if I could be so bold, maybe even a religion of evolution. But let's say the theory of evolution, as expounded on and created by and written by Charles Darwin. So let's talk about Charles Darwin and his view 
of race and and racial relationships here on this earth. He is the author of what is being taught in our schools today. And I want to quote him so that there is no misconception that I'm taking things out of context or um, that I'm overplaying what is at play here. So Darwin didn't hide his view that his evolutionary thinking applied to human races as well as to animal species. That makes perfect sense. And that's what's being taught today in our schools. And the full title of his seminal 1859 book was On the Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or The Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. It's kind of funny how that full title isn't really mentioned or brought up much. And he followed it up by writing The Descent of Man, where he spelled out his racial theory. This is, and I quote, the Western nations of Europe now so immeasurably surpass their former savage progenitors stand at the summit of civilization. The civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races through the world. February 6, 1862, he stated, It is very true that you say about the higher races of men, when high enough, replacing and clearing off the lower races. In 500 years, how the Anglo-Saxon race will have spread and exterminated whole nations. In consequence, how much the human race, viewed as a unit, will have risen in rank. For Darwin, racial superiority was, quote, survival of the fittest, end quote. Darwin believed that this was confirmed in science. This is what's being taught in our schools, my friends. He actually believed in the science of craniotomy, the idea that races could be ranked by measuring the cranial capacities of their respective skulls. Where did he come up with that idea? He came up with the idea by studying animals, by studying animal species and, and, and making and connecting the dots that clearly this should ought to apply to the human race as well. If we have evolved from apes and from the animal species, Charles Darwin from The Descent of Man, at some future period, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace throughout the world the savage races. At the same time, the anthropomorphous apes will no doubt be exterminated. Now listen to this. The break, then, will be rendered wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilized state, as we may hope, than the Caucasians and some ape as low as a baboon, instead of, at present, between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. Let me decipher what he just said. He just said, over time, there will actually be a greater distinction between the Caucasian race and the apes, as opposed to how it is now slightly blurred between the Negro and the Australian, referring to the aboriginally, aboriginal people, and the gorilla. Wow. 
Charles Darwin, I could show fight a natural selection having done and doing more for the progress of civilization than you seem inclined to admit. Remember what risk the nations of Europe ran, not so many centuries ago, of being overwhelmed by the Turks, and how ridiculous such an idea now is. The more civilized so-called Caucasian races have beaten the Turkish hollow in the struggle for existence. Looking to the world at no very distant date, what an endless number of lower races will have been eliminated by the higher civilized races throughout the world. Are you seeing a pattern, a connection of thought that has to be connected to an evolutionary mindset? It has to because it, it connects our, our evolution of species over time. Jonathan Glover wrote in Humanity, A Moral History of the 20th Century, that social Darwinism has continued, had continued to flourish in German. Together with Mendelian genetics is widely thought to provide a scientific basis for the eugenic racial hygiene movement that we are so familiar with, that spurned out of Nazi Germany, and many others. From an article, What Your Biology Teacher Didn't Tell You About Charles Darwin, written in uh, April of 2017 by Phil Moore. He writes, Christian reformers had spent decades in early 19th century teaching Britain to view non-European races as their equals before God. In a manner of years, Darwin swept not only God off the table, but also the value of people of every race with him. He goes on to say, When the Melbourne Review used Darwin's teaching to justify the genocide of indigenous Australians in 1876, he didn't try and stop them. When the Australian newspaper argued that the inexorable law of natural selection justifies exterminating the inferior Australian and Maori races, that the world is better for it, end quote. Since failure to do so would be promoting the non-survival of the fittest, protecting the propagation of the imprudent, the diseased, the defective, and the criminal. It was Christian missionaries who raised an outcry on behalf of this forgotten genocide. Darwin simply commented, I do not know of a more striking instance of the comparative rate of increase of a civilized over a savage race. My friends, do you want to talk about systemic racism? It is systemic in the teaching of evolution. There is no escaping it. Phil Moore goes on to say of Charles Darwin, who argued from belief in a godless beginning to the universe that natural selection is a virtue and that consequently acts of genocide are part and parcel of the way the world was always supposed to be. Students in America are not stupid. Your children are not stupid. When they go into their science class in public schools and colleges, and they are taught about evolution, ape to man, species changes, there is no way that they cannot connect the dots in their brain that some races could be and ought to be, according to Darwin, superior to others. My friends, there is a systemic institutional racism that's being taught to our children today through the study of the philosophy of evolution. And unless it is exposed, unless it is talked about, nothing is going to change. Why would humans be different from animals? It's a simple question. 
1859, Darwin wrote this very long title that ends with the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life, which is ignored and not taught about. Fast forward 100 years and we're right in the heart of the civil rights movement where things are actually starting to shift and change in our country. And guess what happens? We begin to teach evolution in our school. It's, it's unfathomable and predictable the change that would slowly and insidiously be indoctrinated into our children over time so that here we are some 50, 60 years later and we're scratching our head wondering why racism is still an issue in our society. Doink. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. So in 2003, they create the Human Genome Project. You heard me talk about this many times. And they created the project with the full understanding that they would expect to find five or six different races. Why? It's because what it's what's been taught for the last 50 years in school, that there are different races and lineages, different evolutionary trails, and that clearly some races would be high, more higher evolved than others. It's the tenant. It's the, it's, the, it's the basis of evolutionary teaching. What did the Human Genome Project find? Something that nobody is talking about. That there is only one race. The human race. Why is that not being taught in school? It's being swept under the rug. Because it goes against evolutionary, Darwinian evolution that's being taught in our schools today. So what about your biology teacher? Either you're a parent that has children, either you are a student who was exposed to it, either you're in college uh, who, who hears evolution as a absolute fact. What about your biology teacher? I am calling for in this podcast for parents and for students and for anyone who's concerned about the truth to have courage and to start to stand up and the best way to stand up is to ask questions. You can expose more from people about what they truly believe by asking them questions. Because so often when we come with just facts, well, the Bible says, we say these things and we are shut down and we are called science deniers, which makes me more angry than I can even ex explain to you on this podcast. Because the only one who is denying real science are the ones who is sweeping these simple scientific truths under the rug. With the end game, with the only possible end game being that there is no God. And this is more than just about whether God exists. This is about science. I love science. My mother-in-law loves science. <laughs> science is a wonderful discovery of God's truth. And when there is an insidious teaching with such, what was the definition? Harmful effects. It needs to be exposed. So I'm calling for courage for students to raise their hand in class and start asking questions. Can I propose some questions? If you have a notebook, start writing these down. Open-ended questions. Question number one. Do you teach Darwinian evolution? 
See if your science teacher connects what they are teaching to the one who actually, no pun intended, originated this teaching. Because I just read to you the ugliness of the conclusions that he made from his teaching. And then no matter what they answer, if they answer yes or they answer no, ask them why or why not. Why do you teach Darwinian evolution? Open-ended question. Have them defend it. Have them, have them state why they do it. Or if they say, no, I don't connect with Darwin himself because maybe they've researched some of the ugliness that he has taught, ask them why or why not. Why do you disconnect yourself from the teaching that is the foundation of the whole scientific theory or philosophy that you're teaching today? Question two, do you agree with his scientific position on races? Now, if you're writing this down, write it down very specifically like that. Do you agree with his scientific position on races? And then don't lead them. Don't say, do you, are you aware that he said this? Or do you know that he said this? Don't lead them into the question to make them defensive or just ask an open-ended question. Do you agree? Because either A, they will not know his position on races. Or B, they will simply say no because they know or have heard of some of his racial implications, positions, and it would be politically incorrect to side with him. Don't lead them. Just have them answer the question, do you agree with his scientific position on races? Number three, do you agree that natural selection is a virtue and that consequently acts of genocide are part and parcel of the way the world was always supposed to be? That's the interpretive response to evolutionary teaching. And how, follow-up question, how is human evolution different than the rest of the animal kingdom? You have to force them to say it isn't different. And if it isn't different, then there needs to be, there needs to be expansion of races, of superior races, and there needs to be elimination of lower races, exactly as Darwin has proposed. Question number four, do you teach the scientific findings, I love using the word scientific, of the human, human genome project? that there are no races. Why or why not? See, these are scientists and you need to engage them on the realm of science. Just simply ask these questions. Write down their answers. Force them to take a position. And you might be surprised either A, how wishy-washy they are, or B, how racist they are. Hmm. See, my friends, we need to have courage to stand up for what is right. There is, a, there is a, an insidious um, plan, a sinister plan that's being taught in our schools today. And if your science teacher agrees with Darwinian evolution and his racial positions, then they should and need to be excused from their job. Or as the world would say, canceled. <laughs> It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable, and yet they're claiming it's scientific. See, we need to catch them in their own little trap. And the only way to do that is to expose it and is to ask questions. We can't come with a spear in our hand. We can even come with honor, believe it or not, but have them answer. They are teaching Darwinian evolution in school 
Thus, they need to defend it. If they come back at you saying that you're a creationist and a science denier, simply respond, we aren't teaching creation in school. I don't need to defend that. They're teaching evolution. They need to defend it. And the ugliness of the origin, not only the origin, but the conclusion of what it teaches. In Acts chapter 17, it says, God who made the world has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord. The Bible is the least racist position that one can take. And believe it or not, science backs it up. Do you have courage? All those who are listening, do you have the courage to actually challenge what is being taught today? It's good for our culture. Our culture is ugly in regards to race and racial inequalities. That's what I started this podcast with. How about exposing some of the systemic racism that is being taught in school every day? So now let's go with that courage. Let's go together to set and shape the culture.